Friends, we are uh, um, currently in a series on Genesis, and for this week uh, through September, we're going to be hanging out with Father Abraham. So uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis and follow along in uh, Genesis chapter 12. Before we get into it, though, I want to let you know that um, we... um, uh, just had some uh, uh, issues this last week uh, where uh, we ended up needing to keep Finn at home uh, instead of going to outdoor worship. And uh, so I ended up staying home and Alyssa led the worship service. She ended up really kind of being the person kind of bringing all the details together. And all I was going to do was bring a sermon. And so uh, as much as, uh, you know, a sermon can be important, uh, you know, we just really felt like everything else needed to be taken care of. So uh, she was able to lead uh, some liturgy and, and some reflections around uh, Abraham. Abraham and and then asked me to record uh, the sermon on the podcast so you can listen to it here. So um, that's what we're going to do. Genesis chapter 12. Um, so far, we've covered in the story of Genesis, uh, we've covered creation through the Tower of Babel. Today, we're in where the story of the chapter where the story changes and the story shifts. So we introduced Abraham. Uh, where the story of Genesis and the rest of the Bible is basically around the person of Abraham and Abraham's family and extended family. That's what the rest of the Old Testament is really going to be about as they grow into a nation. And that all starts right here, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, of what we're going to focus on today. And here's what it says. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, we're not told a lot about Abraham here, not not here anyways. All we're told is this, that Abraham lived in the same place his father lived. And probably his father before him, and it's where his people had lived for generations. And God said to Abram, it's time to leave all of that behind. God gives Abraham one of God's most popular commands, to go. But to go also means to leave certain things behind. He's going to leave behind his father's household, his family's legacy, his traditions, his comfort. To go somewhere, somewhere that God hasn't even told him yet what it is. God isn't telling him yet where it is, but he's sent on this mission, this journey. He's given a calling. And the same is true for us. Uh, God has created us for something. And now in our faith, there's a couple of things that we want to talk about when we talk about calling. God has sent um, Abraham on a mission uh, saying go. And and the language around that in in scripture, it's not the last person God sends on a mission. Uh, It goes all the way to the person of Jesus where he says go and make disciples, right? It's still pulling off that same language. And it's this idea of having a calling, a purpose. You're, You're set out from where you are to something new for a reason. Um, and so it's really important that we understand this idea of calling when we're introduced here to, to Abraham. So you can also be called to a lot of things, but as a follower of Jesus or the God of Abraham, they'll most often look like this. The first thing is this, God's calling on your life, just like God's calling on Abram's, the first sort of big call in the, in the scripture test, God's calling in your life might not make you successful. Consider God's call. He's to be the father of a great nation. That's his purpose. He's going to be the father of this great nation. God says, I'm going to make instill in you this one idea, this one mission. You're going to be the father of a great nation. And here's the thing. Years go by and he and his wife can't even have a son, let alone be the father of a great nation. 
not very successful. And when it's all said and done, he has two sons and that's it. And one of them's not even from his, from his wife, Sarah, not exactly a great nation, but his calling was just a small part of God's bigger picture. And and which is always the case. Whenever God calls you to do something to something as big as being the father of a great nation, most likely you're going to fulfill just a tiny little bit of that purpose, of that promise. In other words, God's calling on your life isn't going to be about you and you getting everything and accomplishing everything that needs to be accomplished, but rather accomplishing probably a really small part. If you skip to the New Testament and you look at the book of Hebrews, we read about Abraham and and all of the other people we've read. Uh, They talk about Adam and they talk about Cain and Abel and they talk about Noah. And then they say this about about all of those, uh, all of those sort of uh, famous people in the first 12 chapters of Genesis that says this, all of these people, including Abraham, were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. That's a Hebrews 11 verse 13. In other words, they could see what was promised, but they could only see it from a distance. They welcomed it from a distance. And they lived as people of faith, knowing that they would play a small part in God's bigger purpose. But ultimately, all they could do was trust God for the part that they would play. And that success meant being faithful to that one part. Not necessarily holding on to the big picture of being a great nation in our lifetime. Whatever your big dream is, whatever your big calling is, God is asking you to be faithful to a small part of that. And it's not about being successful. It's about being faithful. So the second thing we know about God's calling is that it's not, um, second, and we see this in Abraham's story is not, it's not about making you rich. Um, it's not about, uh, it's not going to be about money. In, in fact, what I want to suggest to you is that not every calling is going to end up being even a job. Not every calling will get you paid. Uh, especially at first, we tend to think about life as Americans in terms of money. Um, And so we tend to think only about what we can do and invest our time based on whether it's going to be profitable. But God doesn't consider callings in the terms of that. And, and, you know, God's calling is meaningful if it produces a profit. God wants us to have what we need, but not every calling is going to make you money. And even if you can turn your calling into a job, that doesn't mean God won't call you to something else that won't make you money. It, It happens all the time. The point here isn't money, but faithfulness or purpose. Now, this is a little tricky because you, you might not, You might become rich or even famous or successful because of your calling. Abraham did. He ends up pretty well off. And and God says as much. God says in the promise, I will make you into a great nation. That implies a certain kind of amount of of wealth. Uh, And he says, I will bless you and I'll make you your name great and you will be a blessing. The wrapped in this promise is, is the things that we strive for. Blessings in the Old Testament, if we're completely honest, usually had to do with material possessions. You see that in Deuteronomy 28 verses 3 through 15, which you can look up Deuteronomy 28 verses 3 through 15. You can read that God's typical list of blessings and there are things like cattle and land and food and vineyards and, you know, the land of milk and honey. God says that he will bless Abraham, but here's, which means he's gonna end up, he ends up with a lot of wealth, but, but here's the part that you really need to pay attention because the wealth wasn't the point. God says this, he says, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Here's the simple logic of Abraham's blessing. I will bless you, and you will in turn bless others. You see, the goal of Abraham's calling wasn't to be blessed. That's not the end goal. He might be blessed. He might end up with a lot of comfort and wealth, but that was never the point. He's not following after this calling and this purpose in order to be able to, you know, end up successful. He follows after God and he finds himself comfortable for the purpose of helping other people be comfortable too. If you're struggling to find meaning to life, uh, meaning in life, and, and I think we all are right now, to be honest with you, it's such a crazy world right now. I want to ask you this. Are you using the good things you have, your blessings, you know, the, the cold material things we call blessings, your home, your time, your money, your talents? Are you using those for yourself or for others? Have you believed the American lie that we are meant to be blessed because we want to be blessed, period? Or can you understand the call that God instilled thousands of years ago into his people through the father Abraham when he said, you will be blessed so that you can bless others? I had the chance last uh, last week to uh, stop by Little Bonnie's Free Store. It had been months since I'd been there, and, and it's, it's Alyssa's area. She's in charge. That's how I usually spend Thursday nights watching Finn, which, you know— uh, uh, which I had to do on Sunday as well, but but this uh, and I, and I enjoy and it's it's a it's a good thing and we we really do uh, uh, intentionally try to uh, balance that between the two of us. But this Thursday, Finn and I stopped by uh, after getting some ice cream, and uh, I have to say it just changed my week. It, it, it's so easy to live life during this pandemic focused only on ourselves. I mean, we're we're locked in our house and we're locked in our heads and and our ideas with our ideas and in our pressure and and it's. It's just killing us. But Thursday night, I watched people step out, give their time to provide families some truly basic things like diapers and wipes and baby clothes. So much time and energy spent to make sure families have what they need. So much work organizing and sorting and packing all so that a family can pull up and have what they need for their kids. People in our community are blessed and as a response are trying to be a blessing to others. And I just... it. Watching it changed my week and it changed my perspective. If you've been stuck in your home or stuck in your head or stuck in your life, step out, do something as humble as blessing another person. Take what you've been blessed with and bless another. There's no greater calling in life. There's no more specific calling that God has placed on us going all the way back to the person and father of Abraham. And any other calling in life that doesn't end by blessing others, I'm going to argue and I'm going to suggest and I'm going to challenge you to say, I don't think it's a calling from God. I would say that every calling God places on our life eventually ends by blessing others. Friends, in this world uh, these days, calling has never been more important. All the comforts we use to distract us from a life of meaningless are gone. We're, we're stuck in our homes and in our heads. And there are some of you who aren't even sure what you should do with your life, and you've never felt more unsure than the last six months. 
And so I want to say first that that's normal. I've been there. I am there often. I feel you. And I encourage you to take time to do the hard work of thinking and praying and talking with people about this journey that you're on as you try to figure out what God wants you to do and how you might bless others with your gifts and your talents. But there are others who've done that work and who are feeling pulled in a particular direction. And maybe it's risky. Maybe what you feel called to do won't pay as well, or maybe you're afraid of what your spouse will say or how others will think of you, or maybe you're just afraid of change. And I invite you, if that's you, that you're holding back what you know you should be doing, I invite you to be as courageous as Abraham and go. It will mean leaving certain things behind. But if God is the one calling, then go. Go and do it. I've been reading the book, The Alchemist, and maybe you've read it. I'm halfway through um, – Oh, actually, when I was writing this, I, I said I was halfway through, but I actually finished it. And it, it wasn't quite what I expected. First, it's, it's littered, though, with biblical references, uh, which I, I've, I really enjoyed. But second, it's, it's so far, it's a, really a story of calling. And it's, it's about a shepherd boy uh, named Santiago who leaves behind his sheep and purpose to go on his journey, his calling, his thing. And in my English translation of the book, they call it his personal legend, uh, your purpose, your calling, your thing, the thing you journey through life to accomplish or become. And he has to leave everything behind to go after it. Well, God meets Abraham and tells him what his personal legend is or his calling. And he's to leave what he's behind and walks toward the future, just like Santiago. So it's a very similar story. Well, the book, The Alchemist, ended up being a bit of success, but an unlikely one. Before anyone knew it, this book about this little shepherd boy who left everything to pursue his calling uh, was translated into dozens of languages, including English. And it, it was read and recommended by some really influential and famous people. So someone asked the author, Paulo Chilo, uh, what the secret was behind his huge success. Well, the truth is the book is about that. It's about pursuing your calling fearlessly. And he explains as much in his introduction. And so for those who are sitting on the edge, not sure uh, if you should jump in into the great mystery of what God is calling you to, afraid to go after your big God dream, I want you to hear what Paulo has to say. When asked, what's the secret behind uh, such a huge success? Here's what he writes in his introduction to the book, The Alchemist. The only response is, I don't know. All I know is that, like Santiago, the shepherd boy, we all need to be aware of our personal calling. What is a personal calling? It is God's blessing. It is the path that God chose for you here on earth. Whenever you do something that fills you with enthusiasm, we are following our legend. However, we don't all have the courage to confront our own dream. Why? There are four obstacles. First, we are told from childhood that everything we want to do is impossible. We grow up with the idea, and as the years accumulate, so too do the layers of prejudice, fear, and guilt. There comes a time when our personal calling is so deeply buried in our soul as to be invisible, but it's still there. If we have the courage to dream, we are then faced with the second obstacle, love. We know what we want to do, but we are afraid of hurting those around us by abandoning everything in order to pursue our dream. We do not realize that love is just a further impetus, not something that will prevent us going forward. We do not realize that those who generally wish us well want us to be happy and are prepared to accompany us on that journey. Once we have accepted that love is a stimulus, we come against the third obstacle, fear of the defeats we will meet on the path. We who fight for our dreams suffer far more when it doesn't work out because we cannot fall back on the old excuse, oh, well, I didn't really want it anyway. 
We do what we do want it and know that we have staked everything on it and that the path of the personal calling is no easier than any other path except that our whole heart is on this journey. Then we warriors of light must be prepared to have patience and difficult times and to know that the universe is conspiring in our favor, even though we may not understand how. I ask myself, are defeats necessary? Well, necessary or not, they happen. When we first begin fighting for our dream, we have no experience and make many mistakes. The secret of life, though, is to fall seven times and to get up eight times. So why is it important to live our personal calling if we are only going to suffer more than other people? Because once we have overcome the defeats, and we always do, we are filled with a greater sense of euphoria and confidence. In the silence of our hearts, we know that we are proving ourselves worthy of the miracle of life. Each day, our hour is part of the good fight. We strive to live with enthusiasm and pleasure. Intense, unexpected suffering passes more quickly than suffering that is apparently bearable. The latter goes on for years and, without our noticing, eats away our soul until one day we are no longer able to free ourselves from the bitterness and it stays with us for the rest of our lives. Having disinterred our dream, having used the power of love to nurture it and spent many years living with the scars, we suddenly notice that what we always wanted is there, waiting for us, perhaps the very next day. Then comes the fourth obstacle, the fear of realizing the dream for which we fought all our lives. Oscar Wilde said, each man kills the thing he loves. And it's true. The mere possibility of getting what we want fills the soul of the ordinary person with guilt. We look around at all those who have failed to get what they want and feel that we do not deserve to get what we want either. We forget all the obstacles we overcame, all the suffering we endured, all the things we had to give up in order to get this far. I have known a lot of people who, when their personal callings was within their grasp, went on to commit a series of stupid mistakes and never reached their goal when it was only a step away. This is the most dangerous of obstacles because it has a kind of saintly aurora about it renouncing joy and conquest. But if you believe yourself worthy of the thing you fought so hard to get, then you become an instrument of God. You help heal. You help the soul of the world. And you understand why you are here. The introduction to the alchemist. Let's pray. God, help us not forsake that which you've laid on our hearts. Give us courage to leave behind what we have to to pursue what you've called us for. In your name, amen.